It's the Y'all Show back with you, Monday edition, with the general of all things Southern General John Rawl, right here in the captain's chair. Hope y'all doing well. As we had a couple of days away from you, all last week we were up north, and I'm going to tell you a whole lot more about that in hour two when our friend Jerry Short stops by, the teller of tales from Ticapola, and we'll go down memory lane of kind of what I did, but really I'm telling you my story so that you might can relate to it. Perhaps you've gone up to places like I went to Chicago. I went up, and I'd been to Chicago before, but I'll tell you a little bit more about my trip to the Windy City And then we went into Indiana, we went into northern Ohio, northwestern Ohio, went to Cedar Point, an amazing theme park, and rode crazy roller coasters and had a great time. My son and I went up there, his reward for getting out of third grade, and and now heading to fourth grade. But yeah, we had a great time and ended up in northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area, also went into the Nashville area over the weekend and had a great time there. And speaking of Nashville, this week it's the CMA Music Festival kicking off in Music City. Precious Harris. I had a chance to run into her Precious while I was in Nashville over the weekend. We'll have her on Wednesday and we'll get you ready for CMA Music Festival. A lot of big acts will be performing at Nissan Stadium this weekend. We'll have a complete rundown of everything when we talk to Precious on Wednesday of this week. Also here on Y'all this week, we've got plenty of great barbecue talk, all the headlines and more. So many great things going on. And if you're listening to us after we've been away, we have not been kidnapped. And we're going to get into the headlines, but I can't not tell a lie. This is an unusual show, not because we've been away goofing off for a couple of days, but lo and behold, maybe I shouldn't go north anymore. On my trip across that ohio river my laptop has died on me my laptop's kind of important my laptop i use to produce the y'all show each and every day so right now i'm coming to you today in a very brim backward for all you fishermen i didn't say bass brim backward way of doing it and hopefully it sounds acceptable but we will get all this stuff worked out but i love apple and i have an apple macbook pro and it's wonderful however it ain't cutting on right now and i took it into an apple store one of their little genius bar reservations on saturday went to the apple store in green hills mall in nashville a mall i used to frequent quite often when i lived in the green hills area many many years ago And I remember last year that Apple store was down for months while they renovated it. And I went in there, and it's fantastic. The whole mall is fantastic, but the Apple store is pretty cool. Oh, by the way, I guess it's the floor above them. There's a gigantic Microsoft store that kind of looks like a Mac store, but it's a Microsoft store. I'd never seen one of those before. But, yeah, the Genius Bar was kind enough to tell me it's one of two things. You've got some kind of weird connection going on, and we just need for $80, we can fix it. And you'll be on your way again, or it's a much more serious problem, and you're looking at maybe never getting your computer back, frankly. And I don't know which way it's going to go. The problem with Apple, Tim Cook, I know you got a big unveil this week. I, I hear they're going to get out of the iTunes podcast di- uh, deal. Uh, iTunes, at least, that's the speculation. But 
they told me, hey, we can fix this, but you're going to have to wait like four days before we can even start on trying to fix it. And I couldn't, I couldn't leave my wonderful laptop at that particular I, Apple store location. I checked on the other location. They were slammed. I don't know when the darn thing's going to get fixed. But in the meantime, we're going to try our darndest to get you a y'all show. So if we sound a little different, we don't have all the commercials that we normally have, you'll know why. That's We're doing it circa 1999 here on today's y'all show before the whole digital thing. But I think it'll end up being just fine. And if you'll bear with us, we're going to do everything we can to get you the Southern show that you seek. Because for one one reason we've been goofing off and we had encores if you're one of our radio listeners last week you tuned in you you heard us with some past shows that we were just simply playing again but we promised we would be right here on the radio june 3rd that's what we're doing and we're going to have some good stuff today it just may not be quite so slick but sometimes hey whoever thought records would come back in vogue and now we're seeing vinyl heads appear everywhere and that's kind of what we're doing here on y'all at least today and unfortunately something tells me i may be right here on tuesday's y'all show taking it back 20 years with the sound as well because i don't know when my darn computer is going to get fixed oh by the way and we've got some major headlines in the news that we will get to in just a second and sad news sad news broke in virginia beach on friday last week that we'll touch on But I won't touch on it much, and the reason is I don't have a computer in front of me. So the best I've got is my iPhone, and oh, by the way, my eyesight's not doing too good these days. So I'm not going to sit here and try to read off my phone as I normally might uh, going down a highway. I'm not going down a highway anymore. I probably logged 3,000 miles on this trip last week. Eh, Maybe not that much. 2,000 probably. I went all over the place. But hey, that's what you should do. It's a nice country we live in. you you got to get out there and see it. But, oh, by the way, speaking of driving so much, on Sunday, when I go to crank up my car to leave Nashville, I start hearing a weird sound, and I'm afraid, even though I successfully made it home after driving hundreds of miles, I'm afraid I may have some transmission woes going on with my wonderful car. So, after 15 years, I may be in the car business, car buying business, and I'm not too excited about that, but we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. I'll get my laptop going, and I'll get my car squared away. But what's crazy is I have to take my Apple to an Apple store, of which it's at least an hour's drive for me, and I'm kind of scared to go to the Apple store if my car is kind of messing up. So I don't know what I'm going to do, y'all, but right now I know but my, the only thing I can do is sit here and talk to y'all, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. 803-816-1170 is our number in case you want to text or call us if you've got some advice on cars or Apple laptops. Uh, and the crazy thing is I have a secondary Apple laptop that I thought when my Apple would not work, I said, well, I'll just go back and use the other Apple that I have that's probably 10 years old at least. And, and it works. It really, it actually, it, unlike the newer one, it actually cuts on. The problem with that one is all the browsers won't work on it because it's more than 10 years old. And they all say, oh, outdated. So even though I can do some of the audio editing on the 10-year-old version of my Apple laptops that I have here, 
I can't uh, necessarily upload it because I can't get on a web browser. I don't know what I'm going to do. What a mess. What a mess. But hey, you're not tuning in to hear my problems. I'm here to educate. I'm here to entertain. This is y'all talk with a Southern accent. Again, we've got Jerry Short coming up in just a bit. We also have plenty of information coming your way from a sports standpoint at the start of hour two. We're going to take a quick look at a lot of college baseball as we are having regionals go on. Teams hoping to punch their ticket to super regionals in college baseball. Some upsets. Some of your top 25 teams are sitting at home now. Their season is done. Some of those are in the south. And we'll give you the latest on that at the top of the second hour. Also, and this is part of our news headlines while we've been away that I'll talk more about in hour two. I'll just touch on it here. A sad, sad story from Auburn, Alabama last weekend as Rod Bramlett, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, he and his wife Paula killed right there in Lee County, Alabama when a teen slammed into the back of their car and it killed both Rod and his wife Paula. Rod was the voice of Auburn football, basketball, baseball, a real likable guy and a real tragedy for the Auburn family with his death. I know I saw pictures this past week when they buried him and his wife and a lot of the voices from throughout Alabama, whether it be Eli Gold or Tom Roberts, also with the Crimson Tide Sports Network. You had my friend J.D. Byers from the South Alabama Jaguars. I saw he'd made his way to Auburn for the funeral and a lot of other famous, and I hate to call them famous in a tragedy like this, but that Rod Bramlett was a very popular guy and, of course, probably best known for that touchdown Auburn call when Auburn had that miracle win over Alabama in the 2014 season, I think it was. Hard to believe that's been about five years since that, what is that called, that kick six uh, that uh, Alabama tried to to win on a long field goal and Auburn ran that missed field goal back for a touchdown and went on to a national championship game but lost to Florida State. But Rod was the guy that said, uh, touchdown Auburn, that was his call there. But yeah, he was killed. More on that at the start of the second hour of today's y'all show all right we're going to touch on a few headlines again i'm doing this off the cuff so you're going to get some headline but really more opinion but the saddest story of all to kind of start out here after we've been telling you all this fun stuff is the fact that on friday afternoon a gunman killed at least a dozen people in virginia beach virginia and this is a guy if you follow the headlines He worked at the place. He actually sent in his resignation that day and then comes in and kills co-workers and more in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And here we go with another mass shooting right here in our beloved South. And I'm no person that's going to tell you we need to change gun laws. I I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. I believe in our Second Amendment rights and and all that. And I think it's there's a reason we have a Second Amendment, but this is a I'm, as a host of a show about the south i just get tired of reading about mass shootings i really really do whether it's here in the south or somewhere else that tragedy in new zealand a couple of months ago was ridiculous to have to read that more than i think 50 people were gunned down there then you have the bombings that happened in sri lanka not long ago and that was not necessarily a gun involved but just these ridiculous killings and i know that this is a world that's full of sin and full of anger but just to kill needless and innocent people 
is just ridiculous. And I, I'm, I'm tired of reading about it, and I'm sure you as a listener, you're tired of hearing about it. But since this happened right here in our Southland, I, I wanted to share that with you here. But, yes, that tragedy. And I understand there's several more people in the hospital that are critical condition. We're praying and hoping for the best, and Virginia beats Virginia. But that is not the kind of headline I, I want to come back from a nice couple of days away and start out here on today's y'all show telling you about but uh, unfortunately that's the the lot that i've been giving here on the y'all show so prayers for that community i know they're i think it's the most amount of killings in that part of virginia uh, mass shooting wise and that area's history a very very large population virginia beach is i think the largest city in the commonwealth of virginia and now a a stain on that community with that mass shooting from Friday of last week. So that happened on Friday, and then, let's see, going back over the last couple of days that I didn't necessarily have a chance to cover with you here, how about the heat? I know I was getting information sent to me from people from all over the southeast with, can you believe we're in triple-digit temperatures so from a Mother Nature standpoint, a lot of you in the South really got sideswiped here the last few days. I didn't expect triple-digit temperatures at the end of May, as it, the case was last week. And I know I saw on Facebook some of you had some funny things. I saw one gif someone put out there that had a picture of Satan, and someone was getting off an elevator, and the devil there satan in the photo says excuse me folks but you're on the wrong floor south carolina's one floor below here (laughs) kind of poking fun at the heat of south carolina and i know i think georgia was roasting last week and other areas of the south i think alabama mississippi and more had some very high temps and and again we're just at the very beginning of june here and and you know it's only going to get worse so let's hope that those really hot temperatures go away fast i'll tell you as an escapee of the south last week when i was in the windy city of chicago although it said the temperatures up there would be around mid 70s and low 80s i had to break out the long pants i had to break out two long sleeve shirts and wear that because i didn't even take a jacket up there but it was it was perfectly fine except when the wind blew and you needed some kind of long coat on or something because it it was not comfortable. Luckily, we made it. My son and I, and we didn't have to go out and buy, let's say, uh, ski mask and, and gloves and all that and survive the winter of Chicago at, in early June. But, yeah, that that's kind of the way it goes there with a windy city. But most of you in the south were really, really having a hard time. Although they had tornado warnings when I was in Chicago. What is that, Cook County? I think I saw the local weather there had a tornado warning for Cook County, Illinois. And you know they probably don't get a lot of those in Yankee land. We've got more to talk about, so stay where you are. When we come back, we'll get to all that. We've got some business news to pass along. We're kind of just doing this on the cuff here. So if you want to give us a ring and help us out, we welcome that. Our number, 803-816-1170. So easy for you to text us. So easy for you to call us. Of course, our website, y'all.com. Wonderful information. In fact, I'll give you a little preview of what's coming up on y'all in just a few. All that ahead on y'all talk with a Southern accent.
All right, we're back. It's y'all talk with a southern accent. John Raw, good to be back here with you here as we start a whole new week of talk with a southern accent. All right, well, I confess here on y'all as we continue our look at headlines and more that I am no Jeopardy watcher. I just, honestly, my life, I'm never around a television set at whatever time that even comes on. Is it 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central, something like that? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not home usually, and if, if I am, I don't even think about cutting it on one of your local affiliates that carry Jeopardy. But... When Mama brings this up, then I, I actually do pay a little attention. And James Holzhauer is a name that you should pay attention to because he's been a Jeopardy champ for at least 32 weeks or 32 episodes of Jeopardy. And he's getting ready to top Ken Jennings as the show's biggest winner. Now, he's just about ready to surpass Jennings' non-tournament record of 2.5 million dollars in in winnings and this guy Holzhauer I, I think he lives in Vegas I believe my mother told me that and he is a professional sports gambler he brought in on Friday night alone just under $80,000 in winnings and that brings his total earnings to 2.4 million dollars which is only $58,000 away from breaking Jennings's record and he had a great week. He's won 32 times. James Holzhauer. I think he's kind of a weirdo from what I understand. Again, I have not seen it. But I guess tonight, if you tune in Jeopardy, you're going to see this Vegas guy who describes himself as a professional sports gambler. I hope he makes money at it. He's not losing in sports gambling. He's winning on Jeopardy. Getting ready to surpass that $2.5 million mark is not bad for just over a month's worth of work. Of course, I've been out to California. I tried to get on the Wheel of Fortune. I didn't make it when I went out there to get in line for that. But I, I know somewhere out there they have the Jeopardy tapings. I don't know how hard that is to get on. I, I wonder if they do that show kind of like they do Wheel of Fortune where you have to go online and make some kind of booking or get on a list. Again, I don't watch the show, first of all. In fact, the only thing I really know about Jeopardy is Alex Trebek is right now having his battle with cancer. I think he has pancreatic cancer, I think. And we wish that Canadian-American all the best as he's beloved by a lot of you out there. He's. We'll go ahead and give Alex Trebek the honor of being an honorary Southerner. How about that? Um, that's my final answer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this guy tonight, tune in James Holzhauer as he tries to become the winningest Jeopardy winner ever. And if he wins, maybe he'll come find you. Maybe he owes you a little bit of dough. All right, let's talk about President Trump. He is heading to England. He may be there already to meet with the Queen on an official visit to the UK this week. As he gets ready to celebrate Thursday, it's June 6th. It's the 75th anniversary of D-Day. So President Trump's going to be in Great Britain and France. I think he's heading to France and Normandy specifically for the 75th anniversary commemoration of D-Day. And so he's over there this week. But he leaves with trade talk all over the place as the U.S. and China are at it. 
the U.S. and Mexico are at it. And here's some news about China. China said it won't give in on major issues of principle in its trade war going on right now with the United States. This was according to a report issued Sunday that blames the U.S. for the escalating dispute. In the report, China, a spokesperson from the cabinet spokesperson's office, accused the U.S. of backpedaling over agreements and trade talks and, quote, resorting to intimidation and coercion. And the report added that any agreement reached by the two sides must be based on equality and mutual benefit. The Trump administration ratcheted up its trade battle with China back last month when it hiked tariffs on China on $200 billion in imported Chinese goods from 10% to 25%. President Trump has also threatened to add a 25% tariff on virtually all the remaining $325 billion in products brought in from China. But China firing back at the United States over this trade escalating trade war and I'm sure it's all going to come out in the wash and everything's going to be just fine. But I do have some concerns as a proud American and a proud Southerner that it's going to affect some of our bottom line. We're going to see some of these prices go up, if for no other reason, just because they're going to be a overreaction to this tough talk going on between the Trump administration and President Xi and China. More to come on that. By the way, speaking of President Trump, while he's in Great Britain this week, I wonder how much this question is going to come up. I don't know if you saw the news about Meghan Markle, the wife of Prince Harry, and she's kind of skipping out on seeing him. According to Buckingham Palace, she's on maternity leave, which is true. She just had her child just a few weeks back, but she is no fan of President Trump. And the president has actually called her nasty. And there's an audio exchange of the president calling her that. And then the president goes on Twitter and says, I never called Meghan Markle nasty. And he tweeted that on Sunday, referring to an interview on Friday with Britain's The Sun. I think that's some kind of tabloid in the UK. But President Trump and the royal family getting together this weekend. And that's kind of a. A little bit of a look at some of the headlines going on around the South and the nation and all that here as we start off our new week after being out of the office for a few days. Well, stay where you are. When we come back on, y'all, we'll dig up some business going on, and I'll have some other thoughts about my trip north that I might share. Plus, I'm going to share a lot of it when Jerry Short visits with us in hour two. And again, we're going to have a look at some of the college baseball news and much, much more This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. It's the Y'all Show, the Y'all Street Business Report portion of our Monday edition of the All Southern Program. Good to have you back here. I'm John Rawl, our number 803-816-1170. Reminder, coming up in hour two, we'll take a quick look at all the college baseball fun. Some teams have already punched their ticket to the Super Regional of College Baseball. We'll let you know some of those teams in hour two. Plus, 
Jerry Short will be dropping by the teller of tales from Takapola Way. Can't wait to share him with him some of the travels that I had. And of course, Jerry had a big part of the uh, kind of the justification for me heading up there as he'd been to a place I went to, the Cedar Point Theme Park in Sandusky, Ohio. Jerry had told me great things about it, so I took him up on his recommendation. Jerry and I will talk about all that at uh, the the given time there in hour two of today's y'all show. We're doing the show a little bit different as we warned you a few minutes back on the show. If you're just now tuning in, my Apple MacBook Pro computer is not working. It has decided to take a little leave of absence. And so I have no Apple laptop computer to help me today. I have no backup Apple computer because the backup I have is more than 10 years old now and although it does cut on and i can go to some things all the browsers are updated and are no longer supported according to the browsers the web browsers not necessarily apple's fault but i don't have any kind of computer other than my iphone pulled up here of which my eyes aren't that strong enough to keep looking at it non-stop and frankly i'm just going to talk so if you don't mind that's what we'll do here on today's Y'all Show to get us through this Y'all Street business report. And a little bit more uh, more power, more bang for your money here on today's Y'all Show. But with Apple in mind, we start our business headlines on this Monday edition. And if you're an Apple geek, of which I am not, but maybe you are, then you're probably, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. And... Also, depending on when you're listening to us right now, there's a strong chance that what I'm previewing here has already been announced as official. So I apologize if you're getting this after the fact, but some of you may be hearing this, and let's be honest, some of you just aren't quite the Apple geek that some are, and so you'll appreciate this because you're not sitting there refreshing your browser hoping to see Tim Cook with his speech that he gives each year to announce new product, but... According to Kif Leswing of CNBC, and I don't know if Kif is a male or a female. You know, we live in a world where we have this thing called non-binary, I think it is, where you don't have to necessarily call somebody male or female. I don't really go by that. I like to kind of go bold and predict that somebody's either a male or female, so I can say he or she or her or him. And I'm not all about the... Uh, pronouns that you got to be gender neutral so i'm going to go out and say that kiff is a male so kiff he's penned a great article here at cnbc that kind of previews what's coming up this week by the way it's wwdc is what we're talking about going on in california this week worldwide developers conference wwdc no that's not the call letters of some famous radio or television station but apple ceo tim cook an auburn university alumnus is delivering the keynote address and he'll be doing that today they'll be giving a little bit of a preview now here's what's going on according to kiff's preview at cnbc of apple apple will launch the latest version of ios its software for the iphone and ipad and they'll do this on Monday at this annual conference in San Jose, California. Developers will be looking for more information about how Apple ranks its software platforms 
and how it's managing its app store platform. Also, you don't ex- uh, nah, expect new iPhones, but Apple could reveal a high-end desktop. Okay, so don't expect a new iPhone. Do expect Apple to have a new high-end desktop, according to CNBC. As Apple is expected to launch this latest version of iOS, its software for the iPhone and iPad, the company has launched a new version of its iPhone software at WWDC every year since 2009. And analysts and reports don't expect this year to be any different. So maybe new software, but not necessarily new hardware of the phone. I don't know where we're going to go. That's why just after lunch, Eastern time today, Tim Cook will come out on the stage, I guess, and preview all the stuff and all the geeks of the world will be, will be tuned in. Just go to a Starbucks and I guarantee you, you'll see a little, a little cluster of Apple geeks all watching this thing and, and, and soaking in every moment of it. And you'll have this iOS 13 and it will show how Apple is evolving its most important product, the iPhone in the face of a contracting smartphone market. And also, you can see Apple highlighting its growing services business, which revolves around selling online subscriptions to iPhone users, including an announced video service called Apple TV+. Plus. The next version of iOS will have to support this service. Again, this kicks off today in San Jose, California, Silicon Valley, the WWDC. The company's new product announcements will re- be revealed in this live stream keynote address from Tim Cook and the main event where he'll communicate how he sees the various software platforms developing. And again, Cook, who is an Alabama native, front and center this week at this event in San Jose and areas around that area. Now, one thing that I saw while I was above the Mason-Dixon line in Chicago over the last couple of days did you see the report that came out that Apple is definitely looking to get away from iTunes? I don't know if they're just not making enough money with the platform or not. I don't know if it's more of a royalties issue, but that that was a big story that's come out here recently about iTunes being phased out or possibly, I think what Apple wants to do is sell it to another company from what my Apple geek friend was telling me. Could be fake news. Not necessarily sure, but yeah, we'll find probably a lot of this stuff out this week at this event in San Jose. But I do find it a little bit weird that Apple has put so much into that and now seems to be abandoning it. I mean, a lot of you may be listening to us right now on the Apple iTunes podcast, which is a great way to catch the y'all show. If you don't get it on your local radio station, Tim Cook has created or his company has created the Apple iTunes podcast, little purple icon. So a lot of people catch our show that way. And man, it's really the simplest and I say most professional looking way of catching the y'all show in podcast form. That's what I tell people at least. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with Tim, Timmy boy and all that's going on at this Apple conference this week, but I would love to see them have some kind of presence with podcast and and apple itunes going forward and not not offshoot it with some company with no clue what they're doing if that were the case but that the kind of tech news going on this week with apple 
and the WWDC Worldwide Developers Conference going on this week. More to come on that front. Now let's talk about Yollywood. Have y'all heard about Yollywood? Now that's not Dolly Parton's theme park in Gatlinburg. Now Yollywood is the affectionate nickname for Georgia and its film industry. And CNBC has an article out penned by Sarah Witten titled a Hollywood boycott would hurt the film industry and Georgia's economy. Now this article and all that goes along with it stems from Georgia recently passing the heartbeat bill. Brian Kemp signed that into law earlier in May and it's an anti-abortion law that a lot of Hollywood actors are in turmoil as they're trying to come up with a response to Georgia having this heartbeat bill become law in Georgia. And we've seen similar states do something along the same lines. Mo, I guess more importantly, Alabama is taking it to a whole new level. And Kay Ivey signed that into law just a few weeks back. But Georgia has been having enticing tax incentives in the state going back more than a decade. And it's been a state that's been recruiting a lot of really big productions with blockbusters like Avengers Endgame, Black Panther, Hunger Games, all that filmed in Georgia, at least in part. And then they've got a bunch of TV shows that have come to the Peach State to film, like The Walking Dead, Ozark, and Stranger Things, amongst others. I mean, you had a movie that I... I'm just just trying to go back through my repertoire of movies that I've seen that have some kind of Georgia connection. Trouble with the Curve, Clint Eastwood-directed movie, was filmed in Georgia. In fact, his last movie that came out where he was running drugs, he filmed a pretty big portion of that in Georgia. I forgot what it was called. Great movie. Go see it. The latest Clint Eastwood movie. Um, golly. Well, I'm, 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 I got my young timers is worse than Clint Eastwood, and he's pushing 90. But it was a great movie filmed in part in Georgia. But the governor of Georgia right now is Brian Kemp. He signed this bill into law back on May 7th. It won't go into effect until January of 2020, but it's the heartbeat bill. And if it stands up to legal challenges, it will ban abortions after a fetal heartbeat is detected, something that can occur before most women even know they are pregnant. And, of course, a lot of experts think this will end up in the Supreme Court where you may have a possible overturning of the 1973 landmark Supreme Court case, Roe versus Wade. And Georgia kind of got out on front on this thing, but Alabama, man, KIV and crew, their version of their heartbeat bill, quite extreme, even for the conservatives of the world. In fact, President Trump, I think I saw where he was not exactly a fan of the Alabama law, but we've seen companies already come out with statements and more, And you've got Disney, Netflix, Amazon. They're considering leaving Georgia or deciding to produce future films and television programs in other states if, indeed, this law becomes official in Georgia and hurt that state's economy because of the heartbeat bill. A Hollywood boycott hurting the film industry in Georgia if, indeed, if it goes forward. And Sarah Witten, again, pinning this on CNBC if you want to Go take a spin around the World Wide Web and check it out. I had a long talk about abortion. Not exactly something most of us want to have a discussion about, but I was with a friend of mine over the weekend on my travels. 
And I don't know how the subject came up. For one thing, I guess it came up because this particular friend of mine is a very devout Catholic, and I'm a Protestant. And to the Catholic Church's credit, although a lot of Catholics probably have engaged in abortions or maybe pro, pro-abortion, the church, as far as I know, and I don't claim to be a Catholic expert, has been pretty solid against abortion. And so we had that discussion over the weekend. And I don't know of any pro, I don't know Protestant churches that have really gone overboard pro choice. Although we have plenty of Protestant denominations that I think probably proudly proclaim to be liberal on most cultural issues, they may be pro-choice. I just don't know of any that have made that a big part of their plan. I guess I'm looking at you, Episcopalians. You generally are about the most liberal of the Protestant denominations. Um, I don't know. I don't know of. Uh, of their stance on that. I, I don't think they've taken at least a public stance either way. Now, individuals certainly probably have come out that way, but the Catholic Church, that's what I'm telling. I'm, I'm bringing them up because we know where they stand on this issue. And even though this Pope right now from Argentina may be, in many people's eyes, a liberal Pope, I don't think he's come out in support of abortion. I don't think. Again, I don't follow it. I don't have an office right outside of Vatican City to cover all this. But again, part of my travels, something that popped up, and we talked about it. So that's what I'm doing here on today's Y'all Show is just uh, wanting to get your thoughts. If you have a, a thought about abortion and should these heartbeat bills go into law and this become more of how I feel, okay, whether you are pro-abortion or pro-life, I still think this is all a state's rights issue. I think I don't think our founding fathers had in mind that states needed to be usurped by the federal government on an issue like this that isn't necessarily about the national defense. This is a state issue. I don't see, in a lot of ways, any difference between this and smoking pot. I don't like smoking pot. I've never done it. I don't like necessarily, or I don't necessarily support people who do it. But if a state chooses to do it like Colorado did and got out in front of everybody else the other year, and uh, if they want to go down in flames, then more power to them. They may tell you that, hey, we have improved as a society with the legalization of marijuana, dude. <laughs> then let them be. A trendsetter, and we're all sitting here thinking, oh, we got to pass laws today. And in fact, a lot of states, including I think some southern states, are seriously changing laws if they haven't changed them already. At least most southern states, the most conservative of the southern states, have changed laws at least from a medical marijuana usage. And so that's a byproduct of states' rights, in this case, marijuana. But I, I see one day abortion being a state's right issue. That's the way it should be as a libertarian, if you want to call me that. And most of the South's going to outlaw abortion. It's just that's the way it's going to be. But if you want an abortion bad enough, you're going to hop on a plane or get in a car, depending on where you live, 
and you may have to drive a couple hours, but you can you can go to one of our more liberal southern states like Maryland would probably be a pro choice state and maybe some other states might flip back and forth like a Florida. It wouldn't surprise me if Florida was pro choice one year and then two years later they might go back. Again, pro choice, pro life. It's it's a it's a subject that it's not something we like to talk about often. But it is reality, and I'm telling you about it today because it's in the news because of Hollywood trying to protest Georgia. And I just see that with the Trump pick of the Supreme Court justice, whether it's Kavanaugh or Gorsuch, I think the Supreme Court's going to be a different ruling if given a chance. The question is, are they going to be given that chance? Let me tell you about something a little bit less controversial as i traveled the north the northland the last couple of days i didn't see a lot of southern symbols i didn't see a lot of southernness out there and uh i did see dixie highway just outside of chicago so that was pretty cool to see that south of chicago good to see that was still there i think it must be a road that heads south so that's that's a good thing to see but uh, I did want to tell you here, as we wrap up this first hour of the Y'all Show in my travels, I want to brag on the Tennessee Department of Transportation, and I want to pick on Kentucky. Is that okay? So we all know that Illinois is the land of Lincoln. And in my travels, literally from the bottom end, of, where Cairo, all the way to Chicago, and, and other areas of Illinois the last couple of days, every car you go past has land of lincoln and the image they've actually changed their license plate in illinois in the last couple of years they have a very modern looking abraham lincoln image popping up it's very easy to spot on their license plate the the general issue license plate and so it was everywhere and then you see street names you see lincoln 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 all right okay that's illinois but when we go to kentucky a southern state a state that, yes, Abraham Lincoln was born in, but so was Jefferson Davis, president of the Confederacy. Okay? So I get into Kentucky, and I see Abraham Lincoln birthplace, Abraham Lincoln this, that. I even got on Interstate 65 from the Tennessee line, I guess, all the way to the old Indiana line is where it would be going. It's, I think, called the Abraham Lincoln Expressway. And that... I've traveled that road before. I don't remember seeing it identified as that. So I don't know what's going on in the halls of Congress of Frankfort, Kentucky. But but that 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 caught my eye, okay? Now, I'm not going to pick on Kentucky 100% because I got to give Kentucky some love. When I crossed that Ohio River and I got back to this wonderful Southland, Oh, I'd been up there with that Yankee filth. Just kidding. I, I ran into some great people. I'll tell you about some of it in an hour or two. But when I, I finally got south, officially at least, and crossed into Kentucky, I climbed up that hill on Interstate 71-75, and lo and behold, like a beacon in the night, there's a big water tower just off the interstate in Florence, Kentucky, 
literally four miles from Cincinnati. And that water tower says, Florence, (laughs) y'all. And it caught my eye and it made me feel like I was at home. And and in true confession here, that water tower is part of the reason we're doing this show today. Because when I was in Florence, Kentucky, nearly 20 years ago, I saw that water tower. And I saw that literally within a 20-minute jog of downtown Cincinnati, I mean, it's a four-minute ride in a car, that they are that proud of being a southern area that they put the word y'all, huge letters up on their water tower in Florence, Kentucky. I thought, that's pretty cool. So with that in mind, I went back and started a magazine called Y'all and have y'all.com and we're doing this y'all show. So thank you, Florence, Kentucky, Florence, y'all. They even have a, or they've had, and I'm not sure if it still is going on or not, a festival in Florence, Kentucky called Florence Y'all. So there is your Florence, I think that is Boone County, Kentucky. Burlington went out to eat in Burlington, Kentucky the other night. Great little community. Great place. Great place. So there is your Boone County news for today. But Now let's talk about Tennessee. When I got into Tennessee traveling from my trip north, lo and behold, Above the interstate, and I've seen this in West Tennessee. I haven't been in East Tennessee lately, but in Middle Tennessee, I saw many, many of these electronic signs above the interstate that the Department of Transportation puts up. (laughs) And the message put up over the past weekend from TDOT said, Buckle up, y'all, with big letters. Buckle up, y'all. It's the law. And I thought, how cool was that to get back to a more southern area like Tennessee compared to Kentucky? But eh, Kentucky's all right. It's certainly all southern compared to where I was, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. But yeah, to see that was a welcome sign. And so for all of you in Nashville with TDOT or wherever you might be located in the volunteer state that are putting those cute messages up, I love to see that. And it made me feel oh so good now the funny thing is on sunday i was traveling around decatur alabama on interstate 65 and i can't prove it because i didn't take a picture and i was driving about 75 miles per hour but i'm pretty darn sure that the alabama department of transportation put a sign up that had a misspelled word one of those same kind of little roadside signs about maybe changing lanes or something like that Go back, if you're on Interstate 65, somewhere around Decatur, south of Athens, I promise you it's a misspelled word. I just can't tell you which one it is because I didn't see it that closely. But I got a pretty good eye. When I see misspelled words, I'm actually a pretty good editor. And that is, I'm pretty darn sure it was a misspelled word from the A-L-D-O-T, or maybe they call it A-Dot in Alabama. I don't know, but to all of our departments of transportation in the South, thank you for the hard work y'all do to keep our roads, I guess, uh, pothole-free if we're able to. And you've had a rough, rough couple of months with all the rain we've had and the temperature extremities. And we hope now that it's getting to be in the middle of summertime when you're out there patching up roads and plowing new roads, 
you have a successful couple of months and get those roads ready for people like me to hit hit them and travel our beloved Southland as much as possible. So that's a quick look at some of our business news and more here on the Y'all Show as we conclude this first hour of the All Southern Program. Hang on. In hour two, we're going to come right back. We've got some news on college baseball to pass along and some sad news from the Plains of Auburn as the voice of the Auburn Tigers was killed recently. And we'll have a little update on that. All that plus Jerry Shorts coming up in hour two. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. Unisom knows when you don't get enough sleep, it's hard to avoid the fog. It's a sneaky fella. Hates sleep. Only appears when you don't get enough of it. I've seen the fog make a guy pour salt in his coffee. Thought it was sugar. Ever fold an entire basket of dirty laundry? Wasn't you. It was the fog. Unisom is specially formulated to help you fall asleep fast and get a good night's sleep. You'll wake up ready to take on the day. Sleeping well is the fog's worst nightmare. Unisom. Use as directed. Welcome back. It's the second hour of this Monday edition of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. John Rawl, want to warn you, in just a few minutes, Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, will be back here talking eh, a little bit about my travels north. And we'll get Jerry to talk about the past, too. I don't want to bore y'all totally with my itinerary from traveling to Chicago and Indiana, Michigan, and also Ohio over the last couple of days. That's why we were away last week. If you were one of our great listeners on our radio affiliates, you probably didn't hear us last week with original programming. You heard encores if you were lucky. And we're back here this week with some good stuff. And so that's what happened there. And of course, if you get us via any of our podcast platforms, by the way, we're in TuneIn Radio. We're also at the iHeartRadio app. And also you can find us in Apple Podcast apps. We weren't putting anything out there. So we're back, fresh, new, even though we had a little bit of a hiccup with our computers. We've explained all that. No computer. We're doing this the old-fashioned way today, and we hope we can get through it. And bear with us. if We're not quite as sexy with our presentation. We're hoping we're going to be back like we normally are very soon. But we're at least talking, and that's always a good thing. You can't silence the southern voice of y'all. Again, Jerry coming up. Right now, it's our college sports spotlight. And as I was in the North the other day, I was saddened by the news that came out of Auburn, Alabama. And I don't, 
I know this is more than a week old now, this news, but what a sad thing is Rod Bramlett, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, he and his wife Paula were tragically killed on the Saturday night heading in to Memorial Day. And Rod was the play-by-play announcer for Auburn. He started out as the play-by-play voice for Auburn baseball in the 1993 season. And he died when a youngster there in Auburn ran into his car from the rear and both Rod Bramlett and his wife Paula killed on May 25th in Auburn, Alabama. Now, Auburn had just been in the SEC baseball tournament that week and was eliminated And so Rod was back awaiting the Tigers' fate, of which Auburn did get a bid to the NCAA tournament. And we'll tell you about some of their activity on that in just a sec. But sure enough, this former Alabama sportscaster of the year, he won it three times, 2006, 10, and 13, and was honored as Sports Illustrated's play-by-play announcer of the year in 2013, based primarily on his amazing calls of Auburn's great wins over both Georgia and And who can forget the game against the Alabama Crimson Tide, the kick six play, and where Rob Bramlett's call that gets played over and over. It's like, Auburn's going to win the football game. Touchdown, Auburn, which was his signature call there for the Plainsman. But Rod Bramlett, a beloved sportscaster in the heart of Dixie, and an Auburn alum, both he and his wife, Paula, killed May 25th right there in Lee County, Alabama, and he dies a very horrible death there. And our thoughts and prayers to the entire Auburn family. I think Rod was around 54 years old, 53, 54 at his passing. But uh, you just never know in this crazy world we live in. And here is a guy who was right there in his hometown. After all the places he's been with his travels, he and his wife together killed When a youngster, again, I think ran up behind them and didn't stop. And they were killed in the loveliest village on the plain, Auburn, Alabama. We remember the life of Rod and Paula Bramblett. And it was good to see. I saw on Facebook last week some photos of some of the other sportscasters of the SEC and other programs coming to honor the Bramlets with the funeral service and more. And it was good to see Eli Gold, voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide, of course, and the others that appeared for the funeral service last week. Just a a very sad event in Auburn, Alabama. Now to some college baseball news as the regionals went down this past weekend. And we'll have more on this in the days to come. We'll have a look at all the regional action. In fact, some of these aren't going to be decided until tonight And then you move on to the super regional phase of college baseball this coming weekend. But what I can tell you about some of the teams that are advancing, man, the ACC is looking pretty good so far as both Florida State and North Carolina were successful in knocking out SEC teams to advance. Florida State went all the way to Athens, Georgia, where Georgia was hosting that at Foley Field, and they dispatched the dogs on Sunday and FSU, which was an embarrassment last year. Mike Martin's team lost their regional where they were one of the national seeds. They lost to the Sanford Bulldogs and then the Mississippi State Bulldogs at home. And FSU was denied in 2018. But 2019, the Martin-led FSU Seminole baseball team storms back this year 
And they move on to a Super Regional with a nice win against Georgia and other teams this past weekend. Now, North Carolina hosted its regional in Chapel Hill. And Tennessee, which is was making its first appearance in the NCAA t- tournament in quite some time, UNC knocked off the Vols in the game on Sunday, 5-2, to two, UNC ranked 15th in the country. And so they advanced to the Super Regional, uh, the second ACC team to tell you about. And then out in Lubbock, the Big 12's Texas Tech Red Raiders advance. This is a darn good baseball team. And they beat a very good Dallas Baptist team in the Sunday game, of which they don't have to play again today, as the Red Raiders move on to a Super Regional for, I think, like the fourth consecutive year. Red Raiders win on Sunday 3-0 to over Dallas Baptist. Again, DBU ranked number 24 in the country. The Red Raiders number 8 and they advance in the college baseball playoffs. Again, Super Regionals are going on this weekend. You take your 16 teams that survived this opening weekend and put them together for a best-of-three series, and then each one of those Super Regional winners move on to Omaha for the College Baseball National Championship. It's kind of the thing you do here in this part of June, and good job by ESPN giving college baseball some love this time of year. And We'll have more of the action. I know... Teams like Clemson got eliminated this past weekend, and you had some other teams that had really good seasons that are gone. They're they're out of it, including NC State from the ACC, and I think I saw where one of the SEC teams also said goodbye, and they're done for the year. But there will be more games played here on this Monday, and we'll have more pass, to pass along from a college baseball front when we get back together on the Tuesday y'all show but again super regionals are this weekend and that is a look at the sports front here in our monday rewind of not just this past weekend but again we started out telling you about the sudden and awful passing of rod bramlett voice of the auburn tigers we'll come right back on y'all jerry short standing by we'll have the teller of tales with all kinds of good information as you would expect from jerry short that's up next on y'all talk with a southern accent It's the Y'all Show Monday edition. We're back. We're rejuvenated, and we're here to give you plenty of good Southern talk. I'm John Rawl. You can connect to the Y'all Show at your leisure, 803-816-1170. Our website, y'all.com, Twitter, Instagram, at Y'all Show. And here on Mondays, we bring on the teller of tales from Takapola Way, Jerry Short, He's back with us, Jerry. We're going to talk to you about all kind of good stuff here. But, Jerry, I can't hold back. I got to kind of tell somebody about my trip below. Well, golly, I was going to ask you. You shoot away. Well, it was below Canada, but above the Mason-Dixon line. As you, that makes for a good, that makes for a good trip. Yeah, well, it was a fun time. Yes, if you were just tuning in, we were kind of on encore all the week of Memorial Day last week because I went to Chicago. I went to, let's see, South Bend, Indiana, toured that town. I went to Michigan. Then I went into Ohio, spent a two-day odyssey at Cedar Point, which is 
maybe the best theme park in America. Went there, went to Cincinnati, went into northern Kentucky and ended up in Nashville, Birmingham, and back into Mississippi and, and just all over the southeast over the last week. So I've been busy stamping my passport, Jerry, and you're a big reason oh. for it. You're a big reason for that because you've told me before about how you've toured Chicago, but you also kind of helped steer me to Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio. Great place. Great, great park. And, uh, it, you did get to Cedar Dust. I mean, to, uh, Cedar Point then, right? I got to Cedar Point. I went there. I got, I got in late one night, right when they were closing, just to kind of scout out the place. I don't know if you ever saw a vacation with Chevy Chase where they go uh, out. About three or four times. Yeah, yeah. You know how they went to Wally World and it was closed? Yeah, yeah, well, I kind of yeah. had that in mind as I was traveling, not out west, but I went up north. Mm-hmm for this little getaway end of summer or beginning of summer, end of school year for my son. And it was a perfect time. The weather cooperated. It was, uh, it you was, were lucky there. Yeah. Weather, uh, and I know in some of the South the last couple of days, it's been triple digits. It's, it's been, been bad all over. It's been bad up where Chicago area. You didn't have any bad weather. There? No. Well, we, there was bad weather, but it never got too bad. In fact, I benefited from the weather, Jerry, one of the, Two things I did while I was in the Windy Cities, I went to a Cubs game and I went to a White Sox game. And the so Cubs, there was tickets available. That's good. Well, the Chicago Cubs game was yeah tickets available. It was nearly two hundred dollars for the two of us to go. Not oh, a that's not crazy. a cheap thing. Of course, I went on a well, Sunday. Yeah, went on a Sunday, that's and good. and so. But let me let me first. I guess I should start. Uh, I got to tell people how I kind of went north through illinois to get there i stopped by a great town marion illinois and it just so happened that the saturday i was passing through they had the ovc baseball tournament there at the home of the southern illinois miners and so did uh did pete rose play no i know he was in prison there i saw the prison <laughs> he was in but no oh, yeah. the jacksonville state gamecocks won that tournament and we went there we walked in the park didn't get charged admission they have a great ballpark there in southern okay. illinois and we got to see the jacksonville state gamecocks getting ready for the game one of their great players isaac i don't know isaac's last name he's from muscle shoals he took the time to take a picture with my son wished them well they won the tournament they went into the ncaa tournament as ovc champs so and you know we talked about some baseball stuff a few minutes ago at the start of this hour jerry but yeah. but i went further north we stopped by the university of illinois campaign uh champagne urbana and and saw that and and, and kind of neat to see a Big Ten football program and and all the campus there at UIC or what do they call it? I guess it's University of Illinois Urbana Champagne is that what they call it officially? With with without a mascot. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, but we ended up in the suburbs of Chicago for the night, and then we went into to the Windy City on that Sunday. And you know, Chicago is a liberal city. It's a Yankee city, but it. For most of the South, it's not too hard to get to. I mean, it's going to it's going to require a day's drive. But it's a ten hour drive from here because I've probably driven it fifty times. Yeah, but there's a couple yeah. of different ways. If you're in Nashville, you can get there in about ten hours. Memphis, ten hours, and sure, other parts might be more of a two day drive, but it is feasible. Where New yeah. York City is quite a haul for a lot of you, and L.A. is almost impossible for some of you. It, it's quite a haul to go all oh, the way to that town. You got to fly to O'Hare if you go. If you're in L.A., you better you better catch a plane to O'Hare. Yeah, but we 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 decided to drive, and 
the weather w- cooperated. We went to the Cubs game. It was a, a great experience there at Wrigley Field. I'd been to a game there before, but the, the tradition, and I don't like the Cubs one bit. And I'll tell you why, well, Jerry. It, it, I don't like the Cubs because of Southerners who like the Cubs are, to me, the most obnoxious Cubs fans. They always have to tell uh-huh. you that they're a Cubs fan. And they oh, always have to tell you this in like April, May, or June, whenever baseball's just getting going, they got to declare their Cubs loyalty. And I'm thinking, hey, you know, baseball season's kind of long. Okay, who cares? So that is. And they my, don't have a lot of uh, championship rings either. They don't, but they have a great tradition. And to, to the yeah. Cubs' credit, I, I think they probably have the best ballpark in all of baseball. They have some of the great traditions, whether it's the seventh inning stretch, flying the W, which they actually flew an L flag because they lost to the Reds the game that I went to. <laughs> and it's it just kind of a cool place. I, I, I give them credit on that. Wrigleyville is a really cool neighborhood there in Chicago, and, and we had a good time there. And one of the neat things, we were there on a Sunday, and on home Sundays, the Cubs let fan, the young fans get a ticket and they can go run the bases after the game so my my son got to do that and that was that was really a neat thing also neat was the players of the cubs they got to run the bases with their kids just after the game ended and they lost that game but they still came out there with their family and hung out for about 15 minutes while the rest of us had to wait for the players to get off the field but hey that was a neat thing to see and it's good and so we we saw that then on Monday, Memorial Day Monday, uh, Jerry, we went over to the White Sox game. We became Southsiders. And yeah, you did, if you went south. Yeah, they played the Royals on Memorial Day. We went there. It was an overcast day, and we went in there. Tickets, we paid two tickets for $35 to go to the White Sox. So it's about a $130 difference uh, in price. But, yeah, it's about that much difference in the neighborhood and getting there and everything else. Yeah. But we, you know, quickie, I, I almost got put in jail there did when you? they built their new stadium. Mm-hmm. I was up there that were working and checking on some stuff, the timber deal or something. And uh, they were tearing down their old, old, old White Sox stadium. Comiskey. And it was painted green, and they had their bricks piled up where they're tearing it down. And I pulled in there. There's nobody there. It was like a Sunday afternoon or something. I pulled in there, and I started throwing those green bricks over in the back of my pickup. I was going to bring some home. And man, here come the security all over me. And they want to know that I want to pay like a $50 a piece or a hundred a piece or something <laughs> or go to jail. And I said, I'm fixing to unload them and stack them back better than you had them before. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't bring green white socks uh, bricks on, uh-huh. but, but well, they was, it, it was nice. You well, know, that we, stadium. they have, unlike Wrigley, field at the white Sox stadium they got plenty of room down there wrigley stadium's right in the middle of a neighborhood so space is a really commodity there and so you've got a lot of room to breathe if you go to a white Sox game and we went to the game and it was overcast it ended up raining we left and actually jerry that 35 dollars i paid for the ticket i got reimbursed we got paid back because they actually ended up sort of canceling that game and and then picked it up the next day. But we actually got our money back for that game, which was kind of neat. But, How many innings did you get to see? Uh, we saw five innings, and they were one well, out away from making the game official when they had a rain hmm. delay. And then they had a three-hour delay, and they started to play again, and they got one out, and then they had a, they had another rain delay. And it, it was a disaster. But luckily, my son and I had already left the building. But we well, had a – we had a good We're time really there. I mean, I don't claim to be a White Sox fan, but I don't yeah. have a problem with them. 
and they really went out of their way to court the kids there they have a, a whole section of their outfield devoted to kids where you can go to batting cages they've got an area with their mascot they teach you how to feel balls out there and so we had a great time in fact jerry i don't know how much you're up on hollywood stars you may have seen this put this out on social media on memorial day but actor ron livingston happened to be at the game ron kind of first came on the scene when he portrayed an actor in the movie office space which was a kind of cult hit of the 1990s and i like ron livingston because he was sort of the co-star of the band of brothers series on hbo he Uh, played lieutenant nix in that Mm -hmm. series alongside the redhead damien who was uh the the lead character but ron was sort of the co co-conspirator in that amazing hbo series about world war ii and i saw him sitting over there with his family and he was not nobody knew who he was so i said hey could i have my photo with you and he was so generous and in fact ron livingston said after we took the picture that he thanked me for saying hello and for taking the photo with me and my son with him now the neat thing jerry as a as a guy who likes the military and you're an airborne guy if you haven't seen Band of Brothers, it's about the 101st Airborne in World War II. But in the closing next-to-last episode of Band of Brothers, Lieutenant Nix actually leaves the 101st to go on a special Operation Varsity jump with the 17th uh-huh. Airborne. And right. That was a, a big deal there. I think it was uh-huh. Operation Varsity, yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah. March, April of forty-five. And my it was son, one of the it was one of the last jumps. I it's think. the largest airborne yeah. jump ever. It was the largest yeah, jump well, ever. They put a, it was like a Fort Bragg mass jump. Yeah. yeah, and so this character of his went and participated in the 17th Airborne's jump across the Rhine. Well, my son is named for a 17th Airborne Division paratrooper who was killed in World War II. My great uncle. And so mm. it was just neat to see this guy who portrayed a 17th Airborne paratrooper from World War II getting a photo with my son whose namesake was killed in the battle of the bulge of world war two in the 17th airborne division. So and that, the timing was great. And, and it was Memorial day. It was literally Memorial yeah. day. So that was really a, a neat thing that we got to see. But Jerry, I had to think of you the next day after we returned from the baseball game, because Uh-oh. I'm walking around Chicago. I go to where the Chicago river dumps out in the Lake Michigan right there where they divide what's a north sider uh-huh. and a south sider and right. literally right where it kind of comes together with lake michigan i guess they call that lakeside lake shore avenue i think is the that's the one on st patrick's day turned green yeah 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 well yeah. right there jerry i saw a couple boats that people get on to go take tours right and they have a lot of those kind of boats well we're, right. we're walking around that area we're walking parallel to the chicago river and lo and behold, I look out there, Jerry, and there's a little tiny John boat cruising down the Chicago River. <laughs> it stood out like a sore thumb, okay? And, yeah. and, 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 and you know what, Jerry? We're going to probably educate a lot of our listeners today. When I looked over there and I saw that John boat, do you know the state initials that that John boat had on it? Might have been MS. It was MI. Oh, that's right. Back in the day, M-I. Yeah. M-I-S-S. A boat with the initials M-I on it. A a boat, inland boat, I guess you would call it. A John boat. If you're out out fishing and you see a boat that's got T-N, I guess that's the initials for Tennessee. If you see one for N-C, North Carolina, South Carolina, S-C, 
But if you yes. see if you see MI and I'm up there at Chicago, okay? And I'm right You're by thinking, Lake Lake Michigan and I see this John boat cruising and thinking Maine or Mississippi No, right? I'm thinking Michigan. But oh, I know okay. I know what the code for a, a boat for MI is. I don't know how this happened, but an MI code for a boat is the great state of Mississippi. That's right. And I don't know how it happened, but I've seen them on lakes. And uh, I've, the last two boats I bought came from Texas, and they got TX on them. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, that's, that is – I guess that goes back to when it was MISS, and they just, just – I don't know. Drop the double S. I don't know what Michigan's code is. I, I assume Michigan might be MG, but it, I think it is. I know that yeah. Mississippi's MI, and somebody yeah. from Mississippi was having a good time in the Chicago River in a little tiny John boat. And I thought of you. I thought, is that Jerry out there? Well, it was. If it was sinking with all this weight, I'm getting <laughs> it could have been me. Yeah, but uh, no, it could have been me 25 years ago for sure. Well, it wasn't you, but that was one of the last things we saw before we hit the road. Jerry went there from Chicago. We went south. We went to South Bend, Indiana. And boy, we've been hearing you and I all over the news these days about Mayor Pete Buttigieg. And oh, mercy. When, his town. And his lovely town there in northern Indiana. And I'll tell you, you what. been disappointed. I was very town. disappointed in South Bend, Indiana. You talk about a train wreck. What a town. This guy's it's, running for president. And uh, it's, look. Check out some of the other statistics on uh, South Bend, as far as their crime rate, and as far as their uh, poverty rate, and as far as their, you just name it, and it's got really bad statistics. Now, Indiana's a lovely place. I mean, it's very rural, and I'll say that about Illinois. I'll say that about Indiana. Jerry, I was blown away about Michigan. We crossed over north of South Bend just to get into Michigan, and we were right along the border going parallel above Indiana over into Ohio. Jerry, it looked yeah. like I was in the Mississippi Delta in a lot of that area. It was flat. It was all, all turn, center you're, pivot you're, irrigation everywhere. I don't know what right. they – I think they grow corn up there. They grow a lot of corn, but look, that uh, all those Great Lake areas, south of all the all five Great Lakes, the land lays good. Wisconsin's beautiful over there. Farming's beautiful. Everything is really fixed up. Of course, they've had a lot of years to do it and a lot of money to do it. Yeah. But, boy, it does stand out. I, you can't take that away from them. Well, again, it, it was amazing to if you wouldn't know the difference. If somebody took a picture of almost all of the scenery that I saw up there around Lake, the Great Lakes, it, it looked just like something out of Mississippi or Maybe the flatlands in Tennessee. I I wouldn't say middle Mm -hmm. or east Tennessee, but west Tennessee. Somewhere around Nashville. Looked very similar to that. It wasn't hilly at all, and and it was a lovely time of year. And what what was crazy, when I got out in Michigan to get some gas, Jerry, I I didn't have the door open five seconds, and all of a sudden, in comes a bunch of mosquitoes into my car. You get those up there, but they weren't mosquitoes. They they call them something else, and they, they don't were kind of more gnats like. Well, they look like ones. giant mosquitoes, and I've been told they eat mosquitoes. But they will scare you if you're like me and a type O guy, where mosquitoes yeah. make you swell up like a baseball. Yeah, and these things loaded up the car, and I was like, I've been in the south all these months, and we've had all this rain, and I haven't hardly seen any skeeters, and I go all the way to Michigan. And here I am getting eat up with mosquitoes. Luckily, I didn't get eat up, but what a well, unusual surprise. 
maybe our mosquitoes have died or something. They drowned it. Yeah, it's maybe so. so. But anyway, if you how far east did you uh, continue on past Sandusky? Well, we ended up. Uh, I I intentionally kept going north into Michigan a little bit, and then dipped oh, down okay. toward Toledo. And then we ended up getting into Sandusky. Oh, Toledo. Just yeah. passed through Toledo. And yeah. then we stayed for two nights in Sandusky and then went to Cedar Point, which you led me to Cedar Point, one of the great theme oh. parks of America, yeah. probably a roller coaster capital of America. And we yes. had a great time there at this amazing theme park that now has sister theme parks at Carowinds in charlotte north carolina area and then they've got king's island and king's dominion right. or believe right. both of their theme parks created by king's island was. i didn't know about king's dominion but, yeah i, th- I think i'm right on that yeah they, oh. i'm sure you are but they just i mean that's such a place and in, in the middle of the summer is so full and so crowded but they've got so many roller coasters i'd say it's in the 20s maybe 30 yeah and they, the the ones that they reach up about 500 feet in the air yeah, one of them and, was about 450 feet straight up. I mean, you're talking yeah. directly straight up, and it goes 120 miles per hour, by the way. No, it's, it's – but they got so many of them that no matter what the crowds are, you still don't have to wait that long in line. Well, we went at even, the end of May. We went right there that last week of May, and we didn't have to wait at all. It was wonderful, yeah. which was one of the reasons I went. My son just got out of school. As a reward, we went to Cedar Point. And the Yankee kids, for the most part, are getting out of school this week, or they got out toward the end of last week, or some of them maybe another week or two. So for us Southerners who end up going to school until the end of May or mid-May, it's a great time to go north. When most of the South was having 100-degree temps last week, my son and I had 70-degree. In fact, we had to break out the long pants and a jacket one day. But it wasn't cold. It was just you needed to wear something long sleeve if you could. Yeah, but we had a great well, time, wanted, and I appreciate you. I wanted, yeah, it's no problem because you know how I like to travel and how I like those places. But I want to direct you to uh, Upper State, New York. Next yeah, time. that's that's the goal for down the road. But after we left Sandusky, we went back roads, Ohio. We ended up in Columbus, and that seemed like an okay town, even though I don't like the Buckeyes. We ended up in Cincinnati area, hung out in Florence, Kentucky, went through Lexington, Kentucky, ended up in Nashville, mm. and ended up in Birmingham and Mississippi and all over the place. But we had a, a wonderful say. eight or nine yeah. days on the road and, and and just enjoyed it. And I appreciate you kind of being my unofficial tour guide. Tour guide from a distance. Yeah, from a distance. Yeah. And <laughs> was, I'll send was, you the bill. Okay. Just send me the toll. I just finished paying two new york toes from december and i didn't pay them to start with yeah. one of them was for one lousy dollar uh before you got to buffalo and one of them was for uh six dollars and they had turned them over to a bill collection agency and they had jacked them up to 51 dollars a piece so i just paid 52 dollars for two toes that i went through that i was forced to go through during bad weather and I couldn't get around them, so mm. they. But they got my tag number, and they got me, and and now they got my hundred and two dollars. <laughs> well, they appreciate your support. I still think it should be illegal for highways that are marked U.S. interstates to be I know a it. toll road. I, know I understand why states create toll roads if they're trying to maybe go to a area that needs it but isn't necessarily 
a necessary thing York. for the U.S. I commerce. I know. But we were at you on, you on Interstate 90. You was on it a lot. I was. You know, coming back. And it was on 90 between uh, Erie, uh, Lake, it was on Lake North, just you know, right there on Lake Erie. And uh, before you get into Buffalo, one of them was, and the other one was, just as you cross the New York state line from, you know, it's kind of a place in there where Pennsylvania just jets in there. Mm-hmm. And then you got Ohio and then you got Pennsylvania, but, and then you got New York for a pretty good ways. And they got about five different toll stations there and be careful when you go, because if it's bad weather and it was kind of a, kind of a little snow drifting. And I just kind of got pushed where I, I only had one place I could go with correct change. But that correct change not having ended up costing me a hundred and two dollars. Yeah. So, so anyway, have fun when you go back. You will. Well, and, uh, we 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 had a great time, and we also ran into some nice people, some some good folks. Whether it was in restaurants, Jerry, or we we ran into some Canadians, and I got to point out to my son, hey, those people right there are real live Canadians. And he got a kick, kick out of that one. Yeah. It, well, y'all y'all didn't get to cross the border, but you were pretty. You weren't too far away, I guess. If you went on into Detroit, you could have went under the tunnel at Windsor. Oh, at <laughs> Sandusky, Ohio, is literally about twenty miles it's, away. The well, you're looking flies. at it. Yeah, it, you just got right on there. that boat and went out went out to that uh, island out on that uh, out from Sandusky. Yeah. You'd have crossed into Canada on the water. Got to give a shout yeah. out to Colleen and her granddaughter Mira. They befriended us at Cedar Point last week, right. and she's from the Cleveland area, and could not have been nicer. And her little redheaded eight-year-old granddaughter befriended my nine-year-old redheaded son, and they went on roller coaster rides together, and it was kind of cute. And they got soaking wet on a few of those crazy rides. <laughs> That's good. But uh, it was so funny, funny talking to Miss Colleen because. I think I, at some point, in a very polite way, called her a Yankee, and she acted like she didn't think she was a Yankee, and she's from Cleveland, Ohio. And I said, well, I said, Colleen, it's it's okay to be a Yankee. It's not okay to be a damn Yankee, and you're not a damn Yankee because you don't live in the South tell, and tell us what to do. That's right. You know, you know, one trying to cram yourself down our throat. So, yeah. Yeah, she's a lot better off. I've, I've run across some really good yankees it weren't damn yankees up there you get in new york you'll really like upper state new york fingers lake and but what was amazing is she had had like she had never been called a yankee before maybe she hadn't been i don't know but it was well they may not they don't they they don't still live the uh war uh, war of northern aggression like we did you know i still live it every day yeah i I have to some days yeah. some days were worse than others jerry That's hey true. that is a recap of my trip hopefully everybody enjoyed my ride down memory lane and my point of telling you all this is if we we're pro south here we love our south but if you need to a little getaway depending on what part of the south with a little bit of money but not not a whole lot and a Just little bit of, a little bit of time and with your own car you can go to some pretty neat places and and meet some cool people and and have a great time and 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 then get back south and, and enjoy and spend your money here. But that well, don't let it cost you extra on a toll road. Okay? Yeah, I don't like those toll roads at all. When we come back with Jerry, we'll wrap this show up, and we're going to talk to him about comic books. Believe it or not, they were a major major force back in the good old days, and for some, they still are a major force. We're seeing all these movies come out today that are kind of based on comic books, but. 
We're going to have a good laugh about comic books with Jerry Short after this break. Back now for the final segment of today's Y'all Show. We've got Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, joining us here as we wind down another exciting edition after being away for a few days, catching our breath. Appreciate y'all bearing with us. Hopefully all y'all had a great Memorial Day and a great Memorial Day week. And maybe some of you had to work. Maybe some of you were goofing off like I was, but it's always a good thing to kind of recharge and go to unique places as I got to experience last week. Well, Jerry... You are the teller of tales from Takapola, and I asked you off the record a couple of weeks ago what you kind of what you thought of comic books because I saw a recent PBS show where they were doing an investigation on comic books of the 40s and 50s, and they made a statement on this PBS show that back in those days of the 40s and 50s, more people read comic books. That was the number one medium for people to read or participate in than any other more than television more than newspapers more than radio comic books and so i ask you what your experience with comic books was and you told me and and i know comic books just like all the other kids and adults it wasn't just kids they were a big part then and maybe still have effects on you today yeah well i think the first thing i told you was uh they probably got me through high school because they had comic books that were based on Shakespeare or, or, or Fuller or anybody or Faulkner maybe, but any anybody you know. And uh, I I would buy the comic book and read the comic book and do the book report. So they were called GD three classics, I believe. Those that series of comic books, but comic books were really big. You know, when back in the fifties, you know, I'm talking a little a little later then, but. Back in the 50s, we used to, in the neighborhood I lived in, other guys, everybody collected comic books and bought comic books. And, you know, they sold comic books. I think they first started out as commercial, to be commercialized, uh, because you could buy a lot of, it had a lot of ads in them. And you could buy a lot of things. But, however, uh, I had friends that would, they'd, they'd save up their comic books. They might have 100 comic books. And then they'd call me and say, all right, let's all four or five of us get together and swap comic books. And so we'd take our comic books, and they'd come to my house, I'd go to their house, and we'd swap comic books. And in those days, they were basically, you know, we had, uh, so we didn't have these kind of superheroes like they had today. We had them, but they didn't do like they do today. They weren't portrayed the same way. Back in my day, they were more like Superman was, hey, Superman was uh, Clark Kent and Lois Lane who did the, those Clark Kent and Lois Lane things, you know, that were really kind of normal. It was just a little like, hey, up, up, up in a, uh, it's, what is that? Is that a bird? Is that a plane? Well, you know, that kind of stuff. It was in the comic book. So anyway, uh, we, we traded a lot of comic books and, and boy, I wish I had that now because I've seen where they're worth a fortune. If you've got the right ones, they don't even, I didn't think they opened them up now if you could find a mint one. It's a mint, you know, really good. But I was talking to what got me thinking about it this week. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a doctor, and his his stepson is kind of into that as a business, comic books and modern comic books and all. And they have these things where they have uh, MCs and host uh, stuff and 
all these people dress up in uh, whatever character they want to portray from a comic. Yeah. Now, back in my day, you know, today it's Superman and see superheroes mostly. Back in my day, they were green hornets and things like that. But uh, what I was going to drop on you, and uh, now we're probably about to run out of time, so I was going to drop on you what I did one time with a comic book. All these, I don't know if anybody ever saw that movie with uh, uh, Clooney, where he had Dapper Dan, hair tonic. Yeah, old brother, where out there from George Clooney. And and there's just, I think when they had to flood, the Mississippi River flood, it was just all kind of bottles of Dapper Dan going everywhere. And, you know, if everybody was trying to track down that Dapper Dan stuff, but, and he had to slick his hair back, so. They sold those things, and it was one called Lover's Moon, you know, one of one of the brands. And so I decided that I would buy that for a friend of mine through that comic book. Well, I just filled out the form and sent it in, and they mailed the thing to me, COD or some kind of way. You know, we're talking 1963, so uh, I don't remember how they sent it, but it came to his house. I, mean, I used his address. But then I had my name on it like a dummy, and uh, he kept it, and, he, you know, we had a big laugh out of it and thought it was funny. All of a sudden, we, we started getting these uh, from attorneys that were going to sue us if we didn't pay for 12, uh, 12 cans of, of Lover's Moon hair conditioner or hair uh, grease is what it really looked like. But um, we decided we had the Christmas play that year, and uh, – uh, the Christmas party at the Christmas play. So we decided to wrap up. Some, you know, we didn't decide to do. We decided to wrap up the lover's moon. Everybody, we drew names and we were given presents. So this boy, we had his name. Somebody had his name drawn it. And we put this dang lover's moon in it. And it, up in the gymnasium, when we was opening the gifts and everybody was being happy. And it was the last day before we got out for Christmas or something. And, uh, so somebody back then, how people would do, they got the wild idea. Let's take this lover's moon and rub it all in this boy's hair. And it got him down in the gymnasium and was rubbing it all in his hair. Well, here come the two two, two uh, hottest guns in town, if it was a Western, the two coaches, a basketball coach and a football coach. And the basketball coach grabbed up the poor boy that was getting that lover's moon put on his hair. And he whipped that boy so hard. It may be the hardest whipping I've ever seen. This day and time, it would have probably put him in prison for whipping him that hard. But then the uh, other friend of mine that it, uh, was rubbing it in his head, he was getting a whipping for that. And he said, I'm not going to let this basketball coach do it. Uh, so he let the football coach do it to him, who did it almost as bad. But the poor boy that got whipped by the basketball coach, Unfortunately, it was our last touch of anyone in our teaching uh, fraternity that we grew up in. I think it was the last one. It, it just uh, died about six months ago. He uh, he whipped him so bad that he bled. His his uh, his underwear was bloody. It was bloody all over. And he went home to tell his daddy how bad he had been whipped and show you how times have changed. His daddy rewhipped him, and with that kind of situation, and I mean, we talk about it to this day. And we had 
the 50th class reunion. I'm, I'm telling ages, I guess. But uh, I'd called and talked to this basketball coach and got him to come. But this boy wouldn't speak to him, wouldn't say a word to him. I mean, he'd, he'd kept that grudge for 51 years. So it uh, cartoon and, and comic books can lead to trouble also. So, you know, it was a lot of fun, and we had a, a lot of fun exchanging comic books. And, you know, they were like Archie and – it would be uh, Laurel and Hardy stuff. It would be stuff that was really kind of funny stuff in the Jerry Lewis, not Jerry Lee Lewis, but Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin stuff. Right, right. It would be those kind of comic books. So we really had a heck of a lot of fun with comic books and reading comic books. And you're right. It helped us, I think, with our reading ability. And I guess it helped everyone but me. But uh, <laughs> everybody that could read, a lot of it really come from comic books. Now, I don't think girls read comic books quite as much because they were more of a, of a boy thing. You know, it was like uh, superheroes. It might have been a Hopalong hop Cassidy or, or Roy Rogers or a Gene Autry. Or, you know, just, just boo-coodles. Of, you, I, I can't name you all the different names of comic books and it's probably oh i imagine there's about six or seven companies that made comic books and sold them so uh you know that's kind of a background drop in the history of how comic books they started in the 30s and 40s and today they've you know they've brought them along today where i find that they're just a little too far out there for me of course i know i'm old fogey and i'm stuck in the mud in the back days and but these modern comic books, I think that looking, just looking at some of them look like they would be probably more of a hindrance or, or danger to a, to a young person trying to, if they're looking at that and trying to be like that, that's, that's nothing that you want to be like. I don't think it's in these comic books today, but the old days, it was really good. And I wish we could get it back. Yeah, well, and I, wish, I, w- I wish I could be back at that age. Well, <laughs> Jerry, obviously, comic books—they led people to make consumer choices like you did by selecting *Lover's Moon*. I've looked up *Lover's Moon* while you've been talking, and let's test your comic book retention. Uh-oh. Let's see how well comic books do from a retention. What are the colors? If I were to go back to the 1950s and find a can of *Lover's Moon* hair pomade. On the shelf, what would the you got that parmade right? Uh, (laughs) What would the colors of the packaging of Lover's Moon be, Jerry? Uh, I'm going to say that they had some red and blue or purple in them. No, it was blue and gold. It looks like got the blue. Okay, yeah, it was like a royal blue and a very bright yellow. And if you don't know, I'm looking at the packaging, Jerry. I think part of your little trick there on your friend by having that delivered is, I don't think Lover's moon was targeting young caucasian kids with their <laughs> pomade yeah, i didn't say that but uh that that you know that kind of made it a little a little bit more it's a little funnier yeah. by doing it that way you know and the name kind of fit too yeah hey, the name and all that but the, y'all were a bunch of knucklehead teenagers that were playing a prank is what happened and you got busted i want to know did somebody ever end up paying lover's moon are y'all the reason lover's moon may have gone out of business yeah we paid we were told we finally had to go to our parents and uh 
it took uh, my grass cutting money and all the other I could scrape up and uh, paid it. And I, I want to think it was somewhere in the range of $12, maybe a dollar. They were round cans, and uh, some of them were kind of deep, you know, maybe a pint, mm-hmm. but then some were about half a pint. And uh, they were they were, uh, they were were pretty cool, but no, we got a little bit scared, kind of like I did on that, uh, <laughs> on that toll road, and I paid up. Yeah, I could just see a New York or a Philadelphia lawyer at that time showing up at my door to collect twelve dollars. I believe the Coca Cola of hair pomades was Royal Crown, and I think Royal it may Crown. actually still exist. I'm not totally sure on that. It does. I think it does. Okay, it still exists. If you see the yeah. old fellows running around town that look like they're from the '50s, then they probably are using Royal Crown. They're, they're slicking. They either doing that or they're using. Uh, or they've been uh, working out somewhere, and they're or they've sweating. been under a car, yeah. changing the oil. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's but there, there. here's a, a blast from the past, Jerry. I don't know if you ever tried these products. There was one hair pomade named Dixie Peach, and yeah, I remember Dixie. Peach. And there was also the Joe Lewis hair pomade. I don't know if you ever tried that. There was that, and there was an Aunt Jemima one, and uh, golly, there was a bunch. And I tell you, y'all, another name from the past, Grit Magazine. Yeah. They advertised a lot in Grit. Uh-huh. Okay. And Grit and stuff like that. So, yeah, you could uh, you could get in trouble easier than you thought back in those days. And uh, But you're right on tar- target by digging that up. I, mean, I can't fool you, John, because every time I tell something, it's not five minutes later, you're, you're giving me the facts and figures and how many dozen cans were in a box? Well, I don't know that, but thanks to me and my friend, Mr. Google, it's amazing yeah. what you can find out here. And you know. were around there, and so I, I need somebody like you to kind of get the the poke going, and then we can kind of follow it up with the facts. <laughs> you you just make the assertion, and then we'll come up with the facts, okay? Okay. Well, I, I have a tendency to do that. I said assertion. <laughs> I didn't leave off the irritation part. So, oh, I, I, I got yeah. a little bit of that. Yeah, Jerry Even Short, though. everybody. It's the teller of tales from Tykepola. We've been talking hair pomade, toll roads in the north, and Cedar Point, and so much more. It's good to have you back, Jerry. Hope you had well, a I'm great back. Memorial I'm Day again. We, we were off last Monday, so we didn't get to hear you. But, of course, we certainly salute all of our great veterans and those who died in the sacrifice of our country on memorial day and jerry next time we talk we need to try to mix in something about d-day because d-day is here 75th anniversary here in a few days and honestly that has a direct connection to you we'll talk about that on next week's show yeah i've got i've got quite a bit on that so so all that's coming up i'll be looking forward to it all right jerry you have a good rest of your week and thank you very much thank you pal All right, well, that will conclude our Y'all Show for this Monday. You make sure you tune us in tomorrow for another exciting show. It's the all-Southern show that we call Y'all. I'm John Rawls, signing off. Y'all have a good rest of your day. Hi, I'm Paul. I know what you're thinking. Oh, great, another wireless ad. I know how you feel. And it seems like they're always full of this complicated, tricky language about their networks and offers and blah, blah, blah. Well, Sprint is going to do things differently and let you decide for yourself with their new 100% total satisfaction guarantee. Try it for 30 days, love it, or your money back. 
See? Simple. Now get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. So switch now. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 today. 30-day guarantee with new line of service. S10 128 gigabyte, $15 a month after $22.50 a month credit for 18 months credit applied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 63020, pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto pay. Data D prioritization during congestion. Coverage not offer not available everywhere. Speed maximums use rules. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply.